It's Christmas time, and so our scripture again will be uh, related uh, to that. We'll be in the book of Matthew chapter 1. And as we're turning there to Matthew chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 18 through, I think I have 25. Yes, end of the chapter. Have you ever found yourself in a moral dilemma? A moral dilemma? You're trying to do what is right. You're trying to do what is right, but it'll put you in conflict with somebody in a, in a relationship with you. And so you're trying to do the right thing, and you don't, but you don't desire to hurt anybody, but you're trying to find the right thing to do in order to, to meet that meet that need of that balance. And so it causes a quandary on how to react, and, and, and your choice will have consequences. And if you've been in that kind of situation, maybe you can relate to Joseph. Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus. The stepfather of Jesus. Maybe you have not thought of Joseph that way, but if you think about Joseph, he, it wasn't his son of his adopted son. You can think of all the parallelisms that because Jesus is God's son, born of the Virgin Mary, so Joseph's not the father. He adopts Jesus just as Jesus adopts us into his family. He has an adopted father. But maybe you can relate to Joseph a little bit if you've been in this quandary and we'll explain that as we look at our scripture. Again, we'll be reading from the New King James Version. It'll be on the screen. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Verse 20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She, shall, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Jesus. So as we read the scripture, we kind of find the setting of kind of what's going on here. Now I am not, as we get into verse 18, it talks about Mary being betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now let's unpack that just a little bit. I am not an expert in the marriage custom practices and law of that time period. 
So I'm relying on a commentary by the name of Adam Clark. Adam Clark. C-L-A-R-K-E. He's from hundreds of years ago. But he kind of provided some insights on these things. To be betrothed, and you probably have heard this before, is different than what we would call being engaged today. Well, maybe let's explain that a little bit. It's kind of like they had the marriage ceremony in a home or something. They had the ceremony, but she doesn't go to live with her husband for a period of time. That's just what they did. So they basically were married, but she was not living with him yet. That was not yet. There, that was, there was some time that would pass, and that was a normal activity. And they had not consummated the marriage, or as we used the term before, performed the act of marriage, as it were. So it's in this time window that Mary came to Joseph. Now, can you imagine this scene? You could probably see it in a movie or in your mind or something, right? Mary comes to Joseph and tells him she's pregnant. Now, Joseph knows that it's not his. And he's probably slightly confused because, to his knowledge, Mary, the virgin Mary, as it's generally referred to today, he's thinking, what has she done? And so on the one hand, it's, she's telling him that it's conceived of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know how that excuse would fly then, because Joseph clearly doesn't believe it. And then today, if a woman came to the, bo- the, the man that she's even engaged to and says, hey, I'm pregnant, but it's okay, I'm conceived of the Holy Spirit. That would kind of blow your mind a little bit. <laughs> You're like, what? So Joseph seemed to have believed that she is with child and that she cheated on him because he wants to get her divorce her. Because remember, they're in this covenant relationship, so they're basically married. And so that's why he's wanting to divorce her. But he says, I want to, he talks about wanting to put her away privately. Being a just man, this is not his child. She's broken the contract, so he he has every right to divorce her based on the law, the the, uh, Mosaic law. But he wants to do it privately because he doesn't want to cause her any harm. He's trying to find this balance. He's pondering on these things because, according to the commentator, as I read and researched this aspect of it, he's trying to find that balance. He could exact punishment on her. He chooses mercy. It was his right to extend mercy to her. But on the same time, it's not his child. So you can see he's in this quandary of moral. He's, using, he's looking at the law, which is how his access to salvation at the time, and following that law. But he extends and he wants to extend mercy. So he wants to put her away privately. The put her away privately does not mean to 
move her into a room someplace and hide her. To put her away privately meant, in the terminology, scriptural terminology, to give her a writing of divorcement, to put her away. That's the equivalent to divorce in those terms. And so that's the setting. He's in this moral quandary. What's kind of interesting is this, this man that was to be the stepfather to Jesus had justice and wanted to serve justice, but he also wanted to extend mercy. And we think of Christ coming to fulfill justice, and there's a payment for sin, but through his death, birth, death, and resurrection, he extends us mercy at the cost of his life. Maybe those are some of the reasons God chose Joseph as Jesus' stepfather. So that's the quandary that that he's in. He's in the middle between, and maybe you have been in that situation. But he's in this quandary, but then God speaks. God speaks through an angel of the Lord in a dream. Does God still speak? spoke to Joseph before Jesus was born through an angel in a dream, and we know about the angel coming to Mary, but does God still speak? If we are followers of Christ, now when I say Christ, it's like you hear me say Jesus, and I say Christ, or Jesus Christ, it's all referring to the same individual. Jesus is earthly name, Christ is title, the Son of God who he really is. But when we are followers of Christ, we have access to the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples, the Holy Spirit is with you, but he shall be in you. And we know the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit writes the laws on our hearts. After Jesus come and died and rose again, we have that access. Remember, when Jesus died, the veil was rent between in the temple to get to the Holy of Holies. So now we can come boldly to the cross. So we have access to the Holy Spirit. So does God still speak? Still speak? I say yes. Certainly he can. The question is, are we listening? It's the Holy Spirit, if we're not a Christian, that draws us, convicts us, that we need Jesus as our Savior. But it's also that Holy Spirit that if we're a follower of Christ that guides us and corrects us and speaks to us in various kinds of ways. If we listen. If we listen. Sometimes we're a little hard of hearing or sometimes we're distracted. It's kind of like when you come in the room and you're trying to say something to a child and it's like, would you turn your stereo down or your iPod down or get those earphones off or iPods out or whatever it might be so you can hear me talk to you?
but God wants to speak to us because we desire to hear from him. And so maybe we need to take those ear pods out and those earphones and maybe remove some of the distractions that get in our way. I mean, hopefully you're here with me now. You're listening to the Holy Spirit now and your mind isn't someplace else. We have to desire to hear from God. But sometimes God will, as I have said or used the thing, sometimes God has to wake you up. It sounds like it's a crude example, but he kind of takes a two-by-four upside of your head. I mean, that, that kind of wakes you up a little bit. It's a little extreme, but you get the idea, like with Saul, when he was going along before he became Paul, as it were, or became known as Paul. Big shining light, God, Jesus says to him, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You're trying to follow me, but you're not really listening to me. Kick against the pricks is like an ox trying to, they're being prodded to move forward, but they keep ignoring it. And hopefully, God's not having to just shake you up for you to pay attention, to take the iPods. Am I saying the right thing, the iPods? iBuds. AirBuds. AirBuds. There you go. I had to check with my experts. I got to check with uh, Adam Clark hundreds of years ago. But anything current, I got to go to somebody else. AirBuds. AirPods. AirBuds a movie, right, with a dog. And a, like a basketball. AirPods. Got it. AirPods. Get those out. Maybe you have to take those out yourself and listen and, and pay attention and desire that. And hopefully, he doesn't have to shake you up, but I will tell you, be thankful if he does. Because you'll be going down the wrong path. And if he doesn't, it could be much worse. Sometimes it's good to get in trouble to wake you up. So we have the Holy Spirit that can speak to you. And the question is, as well, what is he trying to tell you. You know, it's a poor analogy. We kind of get into these challenges and difficulties. But if we think about it, the angel came to him in a dream, which is miraculous. We have the Holy Spirit can actually be in, in us. And if you think about 80 years ago, you could get a telegram for an urgent message faster than the mail, right? Now I can get a text message from around the world in my pocket. It's kind of like that, isn't it? The angel came to Joseph in a dream, and of course, God could do all kinds of things, but now we have the Holy Spirit could even be in our hearts, but do we take advantage of it? When we get in those moral quandaries, what should I do? And we start thinking, well, I could do this, and I... I could do that, and I could do this, and I could do that. How long does it take us to get to the point to say, oh, hey, God, what do you think I should do? How would you like me to manage? Because I'm not smart enough to know how to manage this part between justice. Because today, there's many people that have problems lining up with 
what is right and righteous and what is love. They don't necessarily know what love means. They don't understand that if I tell you what you're doing is wrong, that this does not mean that I don't love you. They don't understand that concept. That if I keep you from running into the street, because you shouldn't cross, maybe you shouldn't cross against the light, right? Shouldn't jaywalk. And if I stop you from doing that, you must not love me, because that's what I wanted to do. It's what I felt I should do. I was having a good time playing with my ball, and it went across the street. And I thought, why didn't you just let me keep doing the thing that's fun for me, the thing I enjoy? Because you're going to get hit by a car. Well, then I hate you. That's fine. I love you more than that. It's a hard message. How do you deliver a message like that? Fortunately, we have the Holy Spirit, and they might hate you. But we have to love God more and extend that love to them. But if I have to pick, i got to go with God. So we can't just condone the wrong, but how do we deal with this moral dilemma? It's a hard place to be, and maybe you've been there. I know I have been. But do we choose to use the gift that came and is available to us? We talk about through the death and resurrection of Christ. Holy Spirit is coming. We have means of salvation. But for this reason he came. For this reason he was born to die. For this reason he was born of a virgin. Because he wasn't born in sin. He had to be pure. For this reason Joseph had to deal with this agony. This moral dilemma. Because Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Jesus needed an earthly father even if it cost Joseph his reputation. Joseph was in a quandary. And the Lord gave him direction. But Joseph's attitude was one of law and mercy. God helped him merge them together. Verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, meaning he's in the line and lineage of King David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that'd be some dream to wake up from. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
See, he was all God, but came as a babe. Now, that can be confusing, but he was all God, divine. We've talked about this in the last few weeks. He limited himself, but he was so divine and became God with us. became man, all for the purpose of dying, so he might be resurrected, so we could have the mercy. See how this all fits together? So there's God the Father, and there's God the Son. We already talked about God the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead. They're relational. All the religions out there have trouble with that. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Together, love us. Verse 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. And did not know her, did not consummate the marriage, did not know her in any way that way. She remained pure in that standpoint. So Joseph took on that whole, any thoughts of people thinking, what, you violated what you should have done, you hadn't taken her to your home yet, or, or is she his, or whatever might have taken place. those things occur. I don't know that she was showing. I have no idea. Maybe with her clothing she could have hid some of that. We know she kind of took off, as it were, and visited with Elizabeth. They gave her some time away, but she was gone for a while, and, and Joseph stayed back, it would seem, and put up with whatever people said, knowing she wasn't in his home yet, but he took her as wife. So there's a lot of confusing and wonderings and speculations maybe that can be put on there, but Joseph found that balance. He was willing, whatever people thought of him, to take on that responsibility. So in your situation, as you walk through and you live life and you look around, we have to find that way as we look at society and we look at maybe children, or we look at neighbors, or we look at co-workers, we can't condone the wrong things that they're doing, but at the same time we want to extend love and mercy to them, and so how do you do that? You ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, because God still speaks. You may not have an angel show up in your dream. But you don't have to figure it all out yourself because you may not be and you're not as smart as God. You cannot see the full purpose of things. And your quandary might be justified. 
how do I do this? But we get the strength through following Christ. And as the Holy Spirit guides us and grants us the insights, as we seek his will, his direction, God will give us the strength to follow through. You don't have to understand everything except for remember God is there for you to talk to. He gives us his word to teach us, to correct us, to guide us. We don't have to figure it out on our own. and We don't necessarily have to understand everything. But listen to the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you. Let's be standing together. Lord, we are thankful that you still speak. Help us to hear. Help us to find that balance between justice and mercy. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it might cause conflict, but we want to do what is right in your eyes. So we, we need your help. We're thankful for this time of year that we remember the gifts that were given to us to even have the Holy Spirit. We're thankful for the sacrifices of this young couple. We're thankful that just like you spoke to Joseph to give him wisdom and guidance, we ask for that for us today in our society where evil is everywhere. Misinformation on right and wrong and confusion is everywhere. If we say that it's wrong, they don't think we love them. But we can't just condone it. Help us to show love that they understand, and at the same time, help us not to give in to the immorality. Help us to challenge misconceptions of love. And help us to be guided by you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.